Sports podcast feed is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Please be sure to subscribe to be notified of all new podcasts, including this week. Myself and Alan did a backdoor cover Masters preview podcast that went up last night. The Team Turnbuckle Wrestling podcast did an AEW full gear review. Uh, there's been a lot of other great stuff on there, including weekly shows on college football, NFL, and actually the election. Um, you can also follow IB Sports on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We do have a premium membership that allows members to be able to prove without being, uh, excuse me, to, pr- <laughs> to post without being approved by an admin. You can be commissioner for a day, receive free gambling picks, levy fines, and much, much more. And with that, we are back for another edition of the weekly Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, my man, Joe Matz. Joe, what's going on? Just just enjoying a week where there's not an election hanging over us. Oh, shit. At least you don't live in Georgia. It's oh, God, that's true. Happening. It's not over for you. <laughs> God. Uh, it, it, I mean, like literally they've already started with the ads and stuff and I'm like, man, this is all we're going to see for the next month. So I'm not looking forward to that, but, um, I guess it is what it is. We are here to preview week 10 of the NFL season. And I got to toot our horns, Joe. We had <laughs> an incredible week last week. I just want to highlight some of the great picks at quarterback, we had Deshaun Watson. He scored 24.24 points at 7,100. Matt Ryan at 6,400. He had 23.6 points. Joe had just an unbelievable week for quarterbacks. He gave you Russell Wilson at 7,600. He scored 29.1 points. Aaron Rodgers at 6,700. He scored 31.9. And then I think maybe the pick of the week, Drew Locke, 5,200 against my sorry-ass Falcons. He scored 33.2 points. Uh, the confidence pick of the week was me telling you to take Dalvin Cook at 8,200. I said he should be in all lineups. He rewarded me with 42.2 points. Uh, again, our wide receivers were just incredible. Keenan Allen, I mean, we're going to talk about him again today, but $7,000, he scored 28.3 points. I had Terry McLaurin at 6,500. He scored 27.5 points. Marvin Jones Jr. at 5,100, scored 13.3 and then Joe had Stefan Diggs at 7,400. He scored 23.8 points. Brandon Cooks, which was a great play at 5,500, scored 17.3 points. We had TJ Hawkinson at 5,100. He scored 13.5 points. Uh, Darren Waller at 5,800. He scored 13.2. Evan Ingram at 4,300. He scored 15.8. I mean, they just keep going. Julio Jones at 7,200. He scored 16.4. And arguably our our you know, bargain play of the week, if you're not going with Locke, was the Giants' defense. We both had them. They scored 13 points. Again, we're only giving you guys three picks at each position. We try to give you an expensive tier pick, a medium tier pick, and a bargain tier pick. And, I mean, when we're hitting over half of our picks, uh, I feel really good about what we're doing. You know, we're we're providing people with, uh, you know, great place for their lineups. Yeah, it was good to have the bounce back week. We had, we had our one kind of miss week in the last, like, what, month and a half. And in fairness, it was a lot of really it, bad it, weather. It game. was a rough, yeah. It was rough all around. Uh, thankfully, we uh, fixed our Dalvin Cook emission from the week before. That's right. <laughs> so def- definitely glad you had him on the list. 
And I, I feel pretty good this week. This is I do too. There's a lot of buys. I don't know if you notice there's a lot less players to pick than there normally is. But I think the passing game is where I'm feeling good this week. I, I, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks you could choose from and that obviously means there's a lot of wide receivers as well. And I will just, you know, again, full discretion because we want people to be successful. I think one of our weaknesses this year has been running back and tight end. Like, we just have not hit on as many to where, like, the defenses, the quarterback, the receivers, we've done really well on. But I'm hoping we're going to pick up on the running backs. And tight end is just such a tough position. I mean, if you give me 10 points out of my tight end, I'm thrilled. Um, Let's get right into the quarterbacks. My expensive play. And this is one thing I will say that I've changed over the last month is, you know, I went with Devontae Adams three weeks ago. He got 30 points. He was 8,800. Dalvin Cook obviously was 8,200 last week. He scored 44. I've kind of always tried to stay away from the most expensive guys. You really have to do some dancing to, you know, kind of get your lineup and feel confident about it. But I'm learning that if you know they're going to have a big game, like go ahead and spend the cash because, I mean, you get a 30, 40 point game. You can kind of oh, make yeah. that up in other positions. Like, and you, and you just, it's so hard to get those kind of performances. And in that light, I'm going with Kyler Murray at 8,100. Uh, I think Murray at this point is just matchup proof. Like, I mean, you can argue his success, you know, that he's had running has made it to where he didn't even have to play well. No, he doesn't. Of points. <laughs> we've we've his, seen it. His lowest scoring game of the season is 24.1 points, which is just ridiculous. He's averaging 35.5 points per game over his last four. He's had a rushing touchdown in every game but one this season and is averaging 67 yards per game on the ground. I mean, there's running back, starting running backs in the league that don't average that. And then, oh, by the way, he's playing a really bad defense in the Buffalo Bills. You know, last week, Russell Wilson scored 29.1 points, and you could argue it was one of his worst games of the year. <laughs> Through two picks. Uh, he just he looked off. Um, when you get the highest-scoring quarterback in fantasy against the second-worst-scoring defense, I mean, I just feel like if you can find a way, Kyler needs to be in your lineup. And, I mean, he's gone for 40 points in two straight weeks, and those were not as juicy matchups as this one. I love Kyler Murray. Spend the money. He's my top-tier pick. Who's yours? Yeah, I I almost went the same route there just because that yeah he's foolproof and it's a great match. Really, the he and Russell Wilson like they haven't missed all season. They've yeah. been like a top ten play every week, even when they don't play good. Like kind of so I was saying, yeah, like, he, Russell's the same deal. He, he didn't look great game. last yeah. week and scored twenty nine. <laughs> and then uh, although I didn't pick him, I feel like I have to also mention Aaron Rodgers since mm-hmm. he's playing that Jacksonville defense that we love to hit on. That was a great pick last atrocious. week, by the way, because, I mean, you know, because he was Thursday night, I think he got glossed over, but you were really high on him. He was so cheap. You talked about that, 6,700, and, I mean, he had three touchdowns, I think, by halftime. of going, Keith, why didn't you play him? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think you want to go – this is a week where, yeah, if you want to spend heavy on those guys, I it's hard to imagine any of them missing. But I, I decided to go a little more value on my top-tier guy, and that's Deshaun Watson at 6,900 who has been a popular pick for us this season. And he hasn't really let us down because he's thrown over 250 yards in every game this season. He has two or more passing touchdowns in six straight games. And he scored at least 23.9 points in five straight games. So over the last five weeks, the most consistent guys have been him, Wilson, Murray, and Justin Herbert. (laughs) My boy. 
And I mean, he seems like he's cooking with Cooks and Fuller now. He's got both of his tight ends healthy. Cleveland is bottom 10 in passing yards allowed per game. They've given up three or more passing TDs in half of their games. Joe Burrow's done it twice. And I mean, I love Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's not Deshaun Watson, at least not yet. So I think it's a good matchup. He's been awesome for over a month straight. And if, if you're going for a guy who's beneath those top few guys who are trying to save a little money, he's the safest play this week outside of those guys. And that's 6,900. He's definitely going to be in some of my lineups. He's a guy, too, that, you know, unfairly, I think some people ask, like, what's wrong with him early in the year? Nothing. Yeah. Like, their defense sucks. <laughs> no, right. They have a terrible coach. Like, that's not Deshaun Watson's fault. He's been fantastic. He only has, like, three picks on the year. I mean, like, he's he's been yeah. great. He, he's always running for his life. I think he's one of the – he's kind of the forgotten guy of those young quarterbacks. You know, everybody talks about everybody else. And, man, you put Watson on a, a good team – I think I think the sky, you know, you swap him with like say Baltimore, for instance, you know, with with all those, you know, the help on defense and they have speedsters and stuff. I just I, I think the world of Deshaun Watson, um, you know, having watched him at Clemson. My middle tier guy, and this is makes me a little nervous, but it's Jared Goff. Uh he's right. coming off a bye. He's had three bad, you know, three straight bad games. There's no other way to to put that. But he's facing the only team that allows more points to fantasy quarterbacks than Buffalo. So that's good in Seattle. He's at home coming off a bye. There's only been three quarterbacks this year that have scored less than 28 points uh, when facing Seattle's defense. They're Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kirk Cousins, and Nick Mullins. Uh, You can say what you want about golf, but he's better than two of those three guys for sure. And Cousins did score 20-plus points in his matchup versus Seattle. I have a really good feeling that McVay, you know, with a bye and, uh, you know, time to scheme has just been, like, licking his chops, uh, looking to this performance. And there's there's a couple of ways to look at this, and, and I've said this a few times this year, that golf, I could see him having a really good game if it's competitive and, you know, scoring 20 to 25 right. points. If Seattle's offense gets rolling – he could end up, you know, with garbage time and stuff, having a huge game because they're just in basically comeback mode. We're just flinging it all over the place. But I just cannot stress enough how bad Seattle's defense is. And I just I think golf will have at least that 20 to 25 point game at 6,500. And obviously with Seattle's defense, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, hell, he could throw four or five touchdowns. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I I almost went with him as my mid-tier guy just because, I mean, yeah, it's Seattle. And, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, we're we're going to mention both of the Rams right. receivers. <laughs> over when the Atlanta's the on a bye, you know, we have to pick <laughs> on Seattle and Buffalo. Yeah, so I, I really like that one. Um, I also really like Justin Herbert at 6,600 because, again, he hasn't scored less than 19 in any game this year. But my mid-tier guy is Tom Brady at 6,300. Bounce back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, ol- the only way I can really see this game going bad is if they decide to double down on the run after taking heat for only rushing five times for eight yards last week. But I'm kind of betting that a Bruce Arians-Tom Brady team is going to be a little more focused on reasserting their dominance in the air. And so over the six games before last week, which was obviously, it was atrocious. It was bad. But the six games prior, Brady threw 17 touchdowns to one interception. 
averaging 24.7 points per game over that time on DraftKings. I mean, he's got his second game with Antonio Brown, so he should be better implemented into their offense. Godwin is practiced today, so he should be out there. So he should have the full complement of weapons. Gronk's looked a lot better lately. Yeah. Gronk, those first few weeks, I thought he was toast, but he's shown some life. So he's got, honestly, that might be, if that group's healthy, and it sounds like they are, that might be the best receiving core in the league. Or oh, by the way, top. he's got a great offensive line, too. They have one of the best yeah. offensive lines in football, too. And, you know, we, we've talked about how Carolina has generally been a little bit better against the pass than they have the run. But 170-plus yards in three straight games. We they may like, have missed that. They may just be a bad defense. Yeah. I, you know, they, they avoid that, like, horrific – you know, Atlanta, Seattle, Jacksonville. But it's because area. they give up so many rushing yards. I think that's <laughs> what I'm figuring out. Right. It's like teams run so easily on you don't have to throw a ton. And I mean, you know, we've already seen Drew Brees put up 25 points against them a few weeks back. So we know throwing at four man, yards. <laughs> yeah. These old man QBs can get it done against this defense. So I think Tom Brady is going to have a strong bounce back week. But again, I think you look at him, you look at Goff, you look at Herbert. There's a lot of mid-tier guys you can go with this week. So I can't believe I'm doing it again, but my my cheap play is Derek Carr at (laughs) 5,400. Last week, Carr not only ruined a few of my lineups, but he had a chance for all six of our quarterbacks to have a good week. Like, I really, like, when that game started, I was like, holy crap, we're going to go six for six (laughs) with all of our quarterbacks playing well. And you know what happens when you say stuff like that. But that's not going to stop me from going this week. (laughs) You know, this Broncos D, we've talked about it a little bit. They've given up at least 20 points to quarterbacks in seven of their eight games this season. And they're coming off back-to-back games where they've given up three passing touchdown. And then Carr is much better at home. He's averaging over 23 points per game at home. If you look, his, his road games have been kind of shaky, but his home games have been good, which is another reason that the Raiders may be for real. Like, I mean, they may have a legit chance of winning 9-10 games because they have five home games left. Uh, I know they got to play the Chiefs again, but they also have some very winnable games down the stretch. But I just, for 5,400 yeah. against this defense, I, I like it. And I think that the bargain play is actually a good place to look this week if you're not going to go the high because you got Carr, I love your pick, and then the other guys, Drew Locke again is somebody that, they, they appear to be really figuring something out uh, in their passing game. And I, I'll talk about it when I go over one of my flex plays for the receiver option, but the Raiders' pass defense is really bad. And, and it's not known because oh, they've yeah. had a couple of games, uh, the, Pats and the, Ra- or the Pats and the Browns game, where Pats' offense was awful, and the Browns' game, it was in high wins. The stats from those other games – is really bad. So I could see any of these three guys having a good game. So if you have a, a feel for one of them, I think it's a good play. And to be fair to you and Derek Carr, he only threw 23 passes in that game. Right. And he still yep. he still had two passing touchdowns. The real issue was their run game was so effective they didn't need to do it. Yep. So, yeah, my lower tier guy is – Tua, and I'm just going to call him Tua. I'm not going to try to say his last name. Yeah, that's that. That's 
But I mean, what what a difference a week makes! That first game against the Rams, you know, what they got overreaction, up. Right? right? Like, and I told people that game got out of hand so early. Right. There was no way Miami was showing what he could do, running the best plays. They were just trying to basically run that clock out. Exactly. When when your defense is scoring points and your special teams <laughs> are scoring points, the offense doesn't really need to try and do anything. And so last week we saw him, he put up 21.4 against the Cardinals, who are a solid defense. And he only threw 28 passes in mm-hmm. that game. So he wasn't, you know, throwing it all over the place. We saw his rushing ability, which is so key when you're doing fantasy. He's thrown no interceptions through 50 passes in the NFL, which is carrying over from his college days. And he's got a Chargers defense, which again, you know, they've gotten banged up again. They're not what they're hoping to be at the start of the year. They've given up two or more passing touchdowns in four of their last five last week, where Derek Carr only needed 23 passes to do that. On the season, they have given given up 16 passing touchdowns to four interceptions. So they're probably not going to be forcing a lot of negative plays, and I think there's a good opportunity for Tua. And again, I, you know, the reason the Raiders didn't light him up with a pass was because they were doing it with a run. We have not seen Miami be able to do that. Who are they going to do? Game. Gaskins out. I mean, DeAndre right. Washington trade. You know, they, they don't. They don't have a back. So, so I, I, I'm with you. Would be doing it? I absolutely. And, it, and it, he could have some rushing touchdowns because of that too. Exactly. So he's a guy who can give you points every which way, and he has one lost fumble, no interceptions through two games. So I don't think he's going to be taking away points from you. So. I think he's a real safe play. It was shockingly safe play for a guy who's only fifty six hundred, and a rookie who's you know making his <laughs> or yeah. third start. Excuse me. Running backs, my expensive tier, and I actually went down a little bit. The, the top guys don't have great matchups this week. Like there's just, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is probably the guy, and I think he was your top tier pick, right? Yeah, he would he be is. the only guy I would consider uh, because the, those top guys have some really shaky matchups, and you're spending so much. But James Robinson, sixty six hundred. They're at Green Bay. The Packers run D. They give up four and a half yards per carry. Yep. They're giving up over a touchdown a game on the season. They're also giving up six receptions per game for almost 60 yards and four more touchdowns. And we obviously know James Robinson is somebody who can both run and obviously catch passes out of the backfield. And, I mean, let's be honest, James Robinson has been one of the bigger surprises in the league. Uh, He's got seven touchdowns. He's averaging almost 20 points per game in fantasy. And I think you made this point a few weeks ago that he's very steady. Like his floor each week, he's going to get you 14, 15 points because of the pass catching. And then obviously if he throws in a touchdown or he busts a big play, which he's capable of doing both, now you're talking 20 to 25. And again, at 6,600, I just think he's he's a guy that you should put in most lineups because, again, you're going to guarantee to get 14, 15 points. And this Green Bay defense is one that he could actually go nuts. And even more important, Luton looked pretty good. Like he looked at least serviceable where I know a lot of people worry, well, without Minshew, how bad is the offense going to be? There really didn't look like there was a big difference. So uh, I really like Robinson. He's my top-tier pick this week. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, he was going to be one of my flexes, but when I saw him on your list, I, there were enough other guys I wanted to work in, but I really like that play. My, yeah, as, as mentioned already, my top-tier guy is Aaron Jones this week. He's put up double-digit points every single week, so he's not going to murder you. Um, I mean, and he... 
last week he was able to do that even though he hadn't played in a couple games. Mm-hmm. Now he had his first full practice today, which is first one since week six. Wow, I didn't know I'd been he that He played long. on Thursday, so he's got – yeah, he's had extra rest because their game was on Thursday. So he's finally healthy. He's averaging five yards a carry this season, four receptions a game, which, again, we've talked about – we talk about that so every week. So huge. You get the guys who are going to catch passes every week, especially running back. That gives you a high. And he's playing the Jaguars. <laughs> and, yes, the Jaguars are worse against the pass than the run, but they're still bottom 10 in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns this season. And I don't expect this game to be close. So I think you're going to get a heavy dose of Aaron Jones this week. And, he, again, he's not a guy – he doesn't need 20 carries to give you 20 Ooh. points. So I think, like you said, when you look at the top tier guys this week, a lot of them are in tough matchups. You know, McCaffrey, if he plays, is against Tampa. Yeah, Cook against Chicago. No one likes that. Kamara is against the number one defense for running backs. Derrick Henry's against the number two. It's crazy. Like, it's brutal. So I, yeah, if you're looking for guy like I love Aaron Jones at 7100. I love Robinson at 66. I don't think you want to go higher than that. Mm-mm. You know, I think it's too much be- risk. Yeah, in between them, I think the Cleveland guys, I, Chubb might be back this week, which makes both of them a little shakier. But they've got a good matchup. But yeah, I would steer clear of that top four or five guys. Yeah, I think we can agree though. If if Chubb is ruled out, Hunt should be moved oh, then, up yeah. the list. In that case, then throw a Hunt in there with Robinson and Jones. I but, agree. I actually probably would play Hunt over Robinson, believe it or not, if no, I'm, Chubb I think is... that's totally reasonable. Um, yeah, they're in a, he's got a great matchup this week. And they have, they're, in, they're in a must-win you know, situation. Um, my middle-tier guy is Duke Johnson at five grand. He scored 16.3 points in relief of David Johnson last week. He got banged up. Uh, Johnson is expected to miss this week. Duke got a bulk of the carries last week. They've already said he will be the de facto starting running back uh, this week. And what I like most about this play is the fact that the Browns have given up 15 receptions and 125 yards receiving to the Bengals' backfield in their two matchups. And I think Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard are very similar type backs to Duke Johnson where – they're, they're, I mean, Mixon's obviously a more talented guy, but they're both guys that they, they throw it to him a lot. You know what I mean? Right. And, it, and it's a way to move the ball, move the chains. I think that he actually may be a better fit than David Johnson, believe it or not, for this Texans offense. I mean, we'll see. No. Uh, but Johnson is just, you know, David Johnson has just looked like he's washed. Uh, and I just wonder, would Duke maybe, they might be able to be able to consistently move the ball a little bit more um, and again, I just, I really do like Duke this week because as we always talk about, he is a pass catching back who's going to be starting yeah. getting a predominant amount of the carries against a team that's been suspect against running backs, not only for the run, but especially for the pass and they're in an offense. that's really good. So, I mean, for 5,000, I'm getting a starting running back and a good offense that, you know, catches passes. I, I think it's a really good play. Like I said, he scored 16.3 points last week. And he really didn't do anything. He had 43 yards. I think he had like three catches and a touchdown. And it's like, you know, he I think he played two and a half quarters was after David Johnson went out. You know, he plays the full four quarters. You could easily see him getting 20, 25 points. 
Yeah, I'm with you on. I I do think he is a, the better fit in that offense. I I've always felt like he's been underused. I do too. The entirety of his time there. I think if he was in any other place, he would be used more. But Bill O'Brien's an idiot. <laughs> Probably. So yeah, hopefully now that he's gone, we'll see a ramping up of Duke Johnson. So I like that pick. I'm going with DeAndre Swift at 5100 for my tier three guy. He's led the Lions running backs in offensive snaps for four straight games now. Last week, he touched the ball on over half of the plays he was in the game for, so that they've been utilizing him. And even though he's been stuck that this whole year with the corpse of Adrian Peterson and whatever you think on Johnson is these days, he's had six double-digit scoring games this season. So the majority of the time... He's, he's explosive, he's, too. I mean, he's a guy that can literally on any play take it to the house. He has five straight games with at least three receptions. So, again, that's key. Washington is seventh in points allowed to running backs, and I'm guessing that means they've been good at stopping the pass to running backs because they're 23rd in rushing yards allowed and 17th in rushing DVOA. So this Washington's been great against the pass in, like, every metric, but against the run, their fantasy points are overachieving what everything else is saying about this run defense. So I think that I wouldn't be scared off by their seventh ranking on DraftKings. I think, Deion, like you said, DeAndre Swift's an explosive player. He, I'll Give or take Kenny Galladay, he's the most explosive player on that offense for sure. So I think he's a good value at 5,100. And just to, to further what you're saying, as I looked it up on CBS, they're averaging only giving up a little bit under three and a half catches per game to opposing running backs and 29 yards. So they are one of the better in the league against pass catching backs. But as you said, they're, they are not great against the run. I mean, they they give up over four yards a carry. Uh, They've given up, what is that? Six touchdowns this season. So, I mean, you, you can get at them uh, for sure. And again, I just think Swift is, uh, you know, I said a few weeks ago, I, I'm very high on DeAndre Swift. And I think that they're slowly realizing what they had in him. He's becoming more and more a focal point uh, in their offense. My bargain play, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, is just a, oh, I'm sorry, that was your bargain play, right? I think you mixed yeah, that yeah. up. No problem. So my bargain play was DeAndre Washington. This is a complete flyer, okay? I'm just I'm letting people know if it's a lineup or say you use Kyler Murray, you're using a couple of these expensive receivers, you need to throw in a running back. He's 4,100, but there's a reason the Dolphins traded for this guy. I, I completely believe that. And it's mm-hmm. not just because Gaskins is down. I think that you're going to see that guys like Gaskins – and DeAndre Washington with Tua, with what they're trying to do, especially with guys like DeAndre Parker and you know Williams, the receivers that they have, they're going to try to spread it out, dink and dunk. We've seen Tua is very accurate, and I could see Washington having five, six, you know, receptions in this game easily. Uh, I think he's going to get a little bit more work just because obviously the Gaskins injury might get a few carries. And he actually was pretty good spilling in for the Raiders over the last few years in the games that he has actually started and played a good bit of the snaps. And the Chargers are not a great run defense. So no. you have a lot of things working towards you. And again, we don't know a lot about DeAndre because this will be the first game that he started, or excuse me, is playing for the team. We don't know if he's going to start. But I just think that they made this move, obviously, because they planned on using him especially when Gaskins is out. And for 4,100, a guy that might be a focal point in an offense in a game that I think we both think probably is going to be a good bit of scoring in, uh, it's not worth a shot in the dark there. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they've given up five yards of carry to running backs this year. We talked about how the Raiders just roasted them. So, yeah, if you want to go super cheap, I, I don't know that you're going to find a better option in that 4,000 range. And, yeah, you're right. I, I Somehow I, I skipped down to my Tier 3 guy. No, so, it's all right. I just wanted to make sure we got your medium-tier uh, pick because I like this guy yeah. a lot. So, yeah, apologies to Miles Sanders at 6,400. <laughs> Uh, the, the last time we saw him playing was against the Ravens, and I think he got hurt in like the third quarter of that game. He had nine carries for 118 yards. He's really good. I, right. I've been shocked how good he is. I, Just I've can been, stay healthy. Right. I've been thankful the weeks he's been healthy that he's on two of my year-long <laughs> fantasy teams, but I, I desperately need him back in both leagues. I'm with you there. So, again, him. Oh, God. Yeah, so much potential there. But again, that's against the Ravens defense. So that's not some slacker defense. We're not saying he roasted the Detroit Lions. Like, and on the year through five, the five games he played, six point one yards per carry. So he's he's shown how explosive he can be. The Giants are kind of the opposite of Washington in that they're sixth in rushing yards allowed, but they give up the eighth most points to running backs. And Sanders has averaged five targets a game this season. So even if the Giants do a reasonable job containing him in the run game, he can kill you with the pass. I believe he's still questionable, but everything's pointing to him playing. But if he does not play, I'm perfectly fine rolling with Boston Scott at 6,000. So Eagles running back, depending on who's going to be the lead back this week. Uh, I Obviously, I love Sanders more just because I think he's better. But if you say 400 and a half to play Boston Scott because Sanders is ruled out, I think that's perfectly fine. And he and Boston Scott had a good game against the Giants last time. Oh. I think he scored like sixteen points. The killer touchdown at the end. That was awful. Uh, <laughs> and I just think Sanders is going to play. I mean, from everything they're saying and the fact yeah. this is a big game. Again, I think if you're in the NFC East, you have to assume like we need to win all of our division games because none of us can seem to beat any team outside of our divisions. <laughs> exactly. uh, so um, I, I think he will play, and I really do like that pick. Moving on to the receivers, which I agree a wholeheartedly with Joe mm-hmm. that I think the receivers are stacked this week. Um, I'm going to go with my top tier pick, and I was going to shop everyone, but Keenan Allen at 7,100. Uh, what is the old saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, he's playing at Miami. Um, he just all he does is is you know score points. I, I've, I've been banging this drum now for a month. You know, and then last week again, he went out, put up another 100, or I mean, another 11 target, nine catch, 100 yard game with a touchdown. I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast weekly, but a few weeks ago, I said he was really unfortunate or unlucky, I guess would be the word, that he has not scored more touchdowns with the targets and stuff. He's gone out and scored a touchdown in each game, and they continue to not really raise his price. They went up another $100, which is exactly what they went up the week before. If they keep moving him up in increments of that, I want to just keep scooping him right up. Uh, I mean, he just needs to be in your lineups, period. Like, he is getting 10 targets every game, and since Herbert has become the quarterback, you could argue he's the best wide receiver in football, and you're getting him for 7,100, and the Dolphins are – their defense is good, but if they're suspect, it's against the pass. Uh, I expect Allen again. He's going to get another 10 targets. He'll probably have another five to nine catches, and if he scores a touchdown, you're looking at another 20, 25-point performance. I'm going to keep taking those until, you know, something changes. Yeah, he, he was another one where, honestly, he was my tier one guy. And then I saw that you picked him, and 
wide receiver. There's so many good options this week. I was like, I'll just take someone else. One other name I do but want to give I real love quick because we didn't, uh, and it's not your top tier or mine, is uh, Allen Robinson is a good play mm-hmm. this week. He's another guy that has consistently getting 10 to 12 targets. He's consistently getting six to seven catches. Uh, I think he scored 16 points or more in like five out of his last six games. So you got both of those guys. We're going to talk about the Rams guys and the flex. And then your top tier pick. There's a lot of guys right at that seven thousand dollar range. Yeah, and on, yeah, like Michael Thomas is mm-hmm. as low as he will probably be the rest of the season this week. I just I liked Keenan Allen and I like Terry McLaurin a little bit more this week. At My 6, boy, 100. scary Terry man. Uh, Ten plus targets in all but one game. So he, not surprisingly, if you watched Washington at all, he is he's the number one option in that offense um and so yeah 10 plus oh 10 plus points in all but one game at least seven targets every single game three straight games with at least seven receptions and 70 yards so even if he doesn't get in the end zone which is always questionable when you're dealing with the washington football team he's going to put up points regardless and this week according to pff's wide receiver corner matchups he is the biggest advantage over the Detroit Lion corners Ooh, out of anyone this week. For that. I may have to change that. PFF, Desmond Trufant's coming back from injury, but so far in the games he's played, his PFF rating, and again, it's out of 100, but most, if a guy's good, he's scoring a corner in the 70s, 60s is okay. Desmond Trufant is a 45.5. Jeffrey Okuda oh, he's is a, a former Falcons corner, so I mean, it's only <laughs> fitting that, you know, they suck even after they leave uh, the Falcons as well. well. Better than the reverse, right? Where <laughs> they improve. That's true. And Jeffrey Okuda has still been struggling this year. He's a 41.6. He's played enough to be in their rankings on the year, and he's outside the top 100 in corners this year, according to PFF. So... You've got Terry McLaurin, who's a guaranteed guy to get targets against a cornerback group that has been just atrocious this season. So, And Alex Smith, I mean, he had those turnovers late, but we saw he was working the Giants' defense for a lot of that game. The Giants do actually have one good corner. So I really like Terry McLaurin this week. I'm glad you brought that up. I think Alex Smith is only going to increase the value of Terry McLaurin because he's one of those guys that he's so explosive that – he can get open in five yards and he can take a, a five, 10 yard pass and turn it into a long touchdown, which we saw last week. Uh, yeah. And I just think Alex Smith is going to consistently throw the ball where it needs to be for him. And you might see his average per reception go down a little bit, but I think you're going to see his receptions uh, increase. And obviously the more receptions he has, the more likely he's going to score a touchdown. I, th- I actually think the Alex Smith is a, a, a bonus for McLaurin who, mm. I mean, the poor guy's been catching passes from Haskins and, uh, <laughs> you know, what's the cow? It is. And it shows how good this kid is. I mean, that's why, oh, yeah. I mean, he really is scary. Terry, uh, I'm going to let you go with the medium tier pick. Cause you picked him last week. We both have him on our sheet this week. Why, why is Brandon cooks our medium tier pick at 5,600? I mean, yeah, I think he's officially just, like, one of my guys now. <laughs> he's amazing. Four straight games of at least 13 points. He's had at least nine targets in every one of those games. So he's clearly – those early struggles with him and Watson are gone. They're rolling. And what I really like about him this week is Cleveland is not a very good defense, but they do have Denzel Ward. 
But I would assume Ward's going to be more focused on Will Fuller this week, which should just free up Cooks even more. And he's been he's been productive the weeks Fuller's been productive. So if Ward's making Fuller giving him a difficult game, then that's just all the more reason to love Brandon Cooks. Well, and and just to add to that, the Browns' defense has actually got worse against the pass as the season has gone on. Uh, in their last three games, they have given up 41 receptions and four touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. So like uh, it, it's there. And definitely, like we said it last week, Cooks has kind of moved into that Will Fuller role, and obviously Will Fuller's in that Hopkins role. And when they have those two good receivers that are both explosive and can get open and you know can make catches and make plays – uh, that offense, I mean, really cooks. Um, so I, I, I'm wholeheartedly on Brandon Cooks. And again, I can't bang the drum enough. It's just like kind of with Keenan Allen. This is a guy getting nine targets a game for 5,600, and he's got a great quarterback and he's explosive. Uh, I mean, he should be pretty much a must start every week. Uh, spend that money elsewhere. My bottom tier guy is coming back from injury. It's Alan Lazier at four grand versus the Jaguars. In the three games before he got injured and was put on IR, he had 13 receptions, 254 yards, and two touchdowns. If you see how bad the Packers receivers outside of Devontae Adams have been in the time he's been gone, there is no doubt he will immediately move back into that number two spot. Like, he's going to. Uh, the Jaguars have allowed, on average, 12 receptions, 180 yards, and a touchdown per game to receiver at 4,000. I think he's a bargain, and he has the potential to have a huge game because, I mean, if you don't know, I think he's like 6'4", 6'5". Uh, Rodgers talked about in the preseason how excited he was to have that kind of a weapon and the fact that he's kind of learned the playbook, he understands more about it. And again, he had gone out and proved it in the first two, uh, three games with 13 receptions, 254 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, it's again, it's a boomer bust play, but if you want to kind of spend a lot of money on other plays, and I really do think they're going to immediately try to get him back into the offense because, you know, those first three weeks, that offense looked unstoppable. They haven't quite reached that level since then. Hopefully, with getting him back, they can get back to that, uh, that point. Yeah, I honestly didn't even realize he was back until I saw him on your list. So I, yeah, I agree. He he was looking great before he got hurt. So that's a great call. I'm I'm sticking with my old reliable Deontay Johnson, fifty two hundred. Again, he's really only been healthy in five games. In four of those games, he has ten plus targets. He's averaging fifteen point seven points in those games. So again, I think. You know, obviously Claypool has value every week, and I like him because he's the deep threat in that offense. But we're, you know, this is PPR, so Deontay I think is the safest play generally in that offense. And you know, this Bengals defense isn't scaring anybody. They're 25th in passing DVOA, and I'm actually kind of optimistic that since he's going to be able to put some points on the board in this game. So I think that increases their offensive lines look better. And if Burrow has has any time, he's legit. Him and that receiving core, like uh, Tyler Boyd, I almost made my list this week. And hopefully Mixon's going to be back, right? They mm -hmm. think there's a chance Mixon's going to be back in the fold. So I I think that just increases the odds of more passes for the Steelers offense. So I like Deontay. 
again, you know, 5,200 for a guy who's arguably the number one option in the offense. It's just hard for me to <laughs> go away from that. And, I mean, he's he, he looked more, you know, last week healthy. Because, I mean, that's mm-hmm. been the issue this year is when he's not healthy, yeah. he, he's done nothing. But when he plays and he's healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the league. And he's definitely their best receiver, which is, you know, a big deal, obviously. Uh, moving on to tight end. It's the guy we've been given a lot lately, but I'm going back to the well. It's TJ Hawkinson, 5,100. The Redskins are the second worst team in the league versus tight ends. They give up an average of five catches for 58 yards on the season. They've given up six touchdowns, which is tied for first uh, for the most allowed. In the last four games, Hawkinson has 19 catches and three touchdowns. Over the last two games without Galladay, who it looks like he probably is not going to play again this week. He has 18 targets. I mean, at 5,100 against that matchup, and again, 18 targets the last two weeks if Galladay's mm-hmm. out again. I think Hawkinson would not only be a great play at tight end, but if you want to end up moving him to your flex, if you like another tight end, uh, I like that as well because he's going to be basically one of their – they're probably their top – receiving option if Galladay's out again and 5,100 for a number one receiving option who's good in the red zone against a team that's terrible against tight ends. Hawkinson, I think, is a really safe play this week. Yeah, he's my tier one guy as well. Um, just to add to that, you know, sometimes touchdowns can be a little fluky. He has five this year, but I don't think it's a fluke with him. He has 10 end zone targets this season. Only Adam Thielen and Calvin Ridley have more in the entire league. So Stafford is looking for whenever he gets down there. And the, again, yeah, we saw Evan Ingram put up his best game of the year last week against Washington. So I love that pick. So I'll go down to my tier two guy, which is Eric Ebron at 4,400. Now, early in the season, I'm sure he was killing some people. He only had one double-digit scoring week in his first five games. He now has three straight games with at least 10 points. He has 13 receptions on 19 targets over that time, so he's been getting consistent looks. He scored in two of those three games. And Cincinnati is 30th against tight ends. So he's been a guy who's been killing it for the mo- this whole month, and now he's facing his best matchup of the month. So I like Eric Ebron, and then I almost went with your Tier 2 guy. So you go ahead with him. It's your boy, Evan Ingram, a.k.a. Yeah. Jared Cook Jr. Uh, he's 4,500. The big thing is, and I don't know what happened early in the season. Uh, I guess you made the point that maybe it was the full receiving core wasn't there and he was getting a lot of attention, but all of a sudden he has 29 targets over his last three games. He has at least 46 yards in each of those games, and he's facing an Eagles defense that is the worst in the league, even worse than the Washington one we just talked about. He had 10.9 points in their first matchup this year, and I feel like that is his floor this week. Like I feel like that is the lowest he's going to get. The first matchup was right before he started getting all these targets. That was actually four games ago. Uh, I really think Ingram has become quite the weapon. And, oh, by the way, remember, he has gotten several carries in the red zone uh, in the last month. So not only does he have the option of, uh, you know, obviously catching touchdown passes, he's getting more targets. But you could see him actually get a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, for 3,500, I think he's a great play this week. Yeah, I, I really like him this week as well. And then uh, my Tier 3 guy murdered me in fantasy last week <laughs> in, in weekly where I, I have George 
Kittle in one league, so I picked up Jordan Reed. But they were apparently they were not feeling he was fully healthy, so he only played 13 snaps and caught one pass. And I lost by two points, so that was great for me in season-long fantasy. But, you know, now, again, he's another guy. He played on a Thursday, so now he's had a week and a half by the time Sunday rolls around to get fully healthy. He's always been a guy where health has been the only issue. He's shown the talent. We saw it this year when Kittle was out week two. Jordan Reed put up 24 points. I'm sure won people a lot of money in <laughs> Daily Fantasy. Saints defense is you know one of the better defenses in the league, but they're only 17th against tight ends. And San Francisco is already a team that is featuring their tight ends as much as anyone in the league. And he is only at 3,600. So I think he's a great value play. Like you could, you know, there's obviously a little bit of risk, but I mean the payoff, you're potentially getting a guy who could score 20 points and you can spend an extra $1,400 somewhere else. I really don't think there's any risk, uh, honestly, because they just, I mean, Shanahan has always got the tight end involved. Um, And I mean, yes, he's a step down, obviously, uh, from Kittles, but he's not terrible. Serviceable option. Um, So I originally was going to give your boy Austin Hooper. I I do want to just highlight real quick, that Hooper, before his injury, had three straight games with at least yeah. five receptions, 50 yards, and or a touchdown. Uh, he's facing a Texan defense, and in the last three games, to tight ends, has given up 20 receptions, 201 yards, and two touchdowns. But I got to go to my boy Burton. I mean, I just read, and I didn't know this, Jack Dole is officially out. They said Burton is expected mm. to handle an increased role at tight end during Thursday's game against the Titans. It's a short week. He's drawn at least four targets in each of the five games he's appeared in. Uh, Cox is uh, questionable as well. It's a possible that he could be the lone starting tight end for the Colts <laughs> against a Titans defense that oh, is not good against tight juicy. ends. They're 20th in the league. So for 3500 and because of that, and this is a guy, again, that has, uh, I think it's either three or four touchdowns on the year, I'm going to go with Burton uh, because – if, especially if Cox is out. If he is literally the only tight end starting in this Tennessee matchup, he's a must-start. But either way, he's going to get more uh, snaps than he has in any other game. This is a guy averaging 9.1 points per game. Uh, and this with one game with 1.6 and another with 3.6. So in the other three games, he scored 10, 21, and 8. Uh, I really do like Trey Burton as the bargain play now that I see that. Yeah, I I did not realize all that injury stuff going on there. So, I mean, yeah, he he's already hit multiple times this year, and you yeah, he's done well for me. It. So, so 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 yeah. When when you say Trey Burton, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> listening these days. It's the Bell Theory. Your, your mouth starts watering a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to the flex. Um, ironically, we both took a Rams receiver. I'll go first. I took Cooper Cup, sixty nine hundred. Uh, Cup is averaging over 16 points per game in his last seven. That's with a four-point performance against the Niners. So really, if you look at it, in six out of the last seven games, he's averaging like 20 points. Last week, Cup had, or excuse me, two weeks ago, he had 20 targets, 11 receptions, 110 yards. He's coming off a bye. He's facing the worst secondary in the league. Opposing receivers are averaging 22 receptions, <laughs> 279 yards, and over a touchdown and a half versus the Seahawks. 
22 catches, 279 yards, and a touchdown and a half. Uh, Cup could have a huge game. So goes for Woods. I love both of them. You could flip a coin if you want to put both of them in them. There's 22 receptions and, you know, 279 yards per game average out there. So they both could end up doing well. Uh, I love the Rams this week against the Seahawks, at least for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to the PFF wide receiver corner thing, they have Cooper Cup as the second biggest advantage this week. Seattle, Seattle's been awful against outside guys. They've been awful against slot guys. <laughs> They've been and, awful. You know, there's, yeah, they're, they are easily pace, on pace to set the record for most passing yards allowed in a season. So, yeah, Robert Woods is my pick this week. He's had at least five targets every week. He's had a rush in all but one week. They're, they love to use him on end rounds. He's a guy who's shown he can have huge weeks. He has three 20-plus point weeks this season. He had 28 the last time we saw him against Miami in week eight. Like you said, Sean McVay's had a bye week. I like that. I really all do. The more, all the more, way, like, if he needed, he doesn't need more time <laughs> to figure out how to attack the Seattle defense. And he's had it. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. I would be shocked if they both don't give you at least 15 points. And that that's the low end. I, w- I wouldn't even be surprised if we had one guy score 26 and the other scores like 32 or something. Like well, that's that's I think one of them you can right. almost guarantee is going to get 25 points or more. I don't know which one, but I can see yeah. one of them having like a seven, you know, catch 100-yard touchdown type ball game. Uh, it does need to be said, I think if you look at it historically, Cup is the guy that it's more likely he could have 10 to 15 catches. Yeah. Woods, though, is the guy that, like, he has the occasional games where he'll have, like, seven catches, 150 yards, and, like, two, three touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I think it kind of might, you know, be a situation if you're not going to play both. Are you looking for more of the boom or the consistency? If you're looking for a potential boom, I'd probably go with Woods. If you're looking for just a consistent, you know, good game, I'd probably yeah. go with Cup. But playing uh, both is a totally reasonable Yeah, I, I actually am thinking about doing that. Uh, you know, after you said that, it's like, you know, it. I mean, hell, where are you going to get a better matchup? Uh, so my middle tier play, I actually changed this. Full discretion, I had Chase Edmonds. Then the more I thought about it, uh, Jerry Judy is at 5,600 versus the Raider. He's coming off his best two performances of the year. In the last two games, Judy had 24 targets, 11 receptions, 198 yards, and a touchdown. This is what I was talking about, the Raiders' defense. If you take away the Pats game and that Browns game in a windstorm, and the other six games the Raiders have given up to receivers, 86 receptions, 1,235 yards, and eight touchdowns, that's an average of 14 catches, 205 yards a game and over a touchdown. The Broncos passing game continues to get better each week. I could see Judy having another really big game this week. I also like Patrick, their other receiver on the other end, who he caught a touchdown last week, even though he didn't have a great game. And it it's making me more and more like that Drew Locke play again this week where I may go back to the well and he may have three straight games uh, and again, they're in that shiny, beautiful new stadium. Most of those are fast stadiums, you know, where the, the turf's fast and, you know, people can fly. But uh, Judy, you know, a lot of people thought was going to be the best receiver in the class. I know a lot of people were disappointed in his first couple of weeks. As a Falcons fan, watched him last week, he was terrifying. Like, he was absolutely oh, yeah. terrifying in that second half. Uh, and again, the Raiders, I think, secondary, because of those two, you know, 
basically games where the, there was literally no passing yards in either one of them. I think the Browns had 60 yards for the receivers and the Pats had 70. You take those two games away, I mean, you're talking about serious, serious problems with receivers. I could see him having a big game. He's my middle-tier play, and the more I've thought about it, the more I love it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a compelling case right there. <laughs> And yeah, he's a guy where just like he always seems to be open. He's got a little bit of everything. You know, he's got the size. He's a great route runner. He's got yeah. speed. He seems to have good hands. Uh, I mean, he he's scary. So my middle tier guy, and he is questionable. So, and I, I believe your lower tier guy is uh, on the same yep. team. So he, he would become an automatic play if Antonio Gibson yep. does not play. But if Gibson does play like him at 5600 uh we've he's scored at least nine and a half in all every week since week one and again this is a guy who didn't even play that much running back in college so i mean his learning curve has been steep and he's been pulling it off uh we saw two weeks ago against dallas where he got to actually be in that featured back role and he had 20 carries for 128 yards so and detroit is dead last fantasy wise against running backs. So I think this is a great matchup for him. Last week he didn't even get to be featured that much because they fell behind the Giants so early. He still scored a touchdown, got a few receptions, got into double digit points. He's a guy who's been super productive no matter what's been going on. And again, like Detroit is one of those teams where every week when I'm looking at running backs, I'm saying, who is playing the Detroit Lions? Giving up 5.1 yards per carry. I mean, they're they're horrific against the run. So if, if he plays... Ask Alvin Cook. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we saw, obviously, I, I'm not going to say Antonio Gibson's going to do it. No, 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 I know, but I mean, it just was proven if, last but week. But, yeah, if he does half of that, you're thrilled. <laughs> so, I think if... He, if he's playing, he's going to be in maybe all of my lineups. And if he's not, then your tier three guy is ready to go. So J.D. McKissick is my uh, lower tier guy for the flex. He's 4,900. Both McKissick and Gibson, I actually like playing either or of them, even if Gibson does play, because Alex Smith is a dink and dunk quarterback. Both of these guys are great pass-catching running backs. I think they're going to see a lot more throws to their running back for the rest of the season when Alex Smith is in. If you need any evidence of that, last week, J.D. had nine catches on 14 targets. This way, uh, Joe did a great job of talking about how bad the Lions defense against the run, but they're also really bad against the pass to running backs. They've given up. (laughs) In just the last two weeks, nine receptions for over 150 yards and three touchdowns. Ooh, uh, they've three given up, touchdowns. Yep, they've given up Love 470 that. receiving yards to running backs on the season. And if Gibson ends up missing this game, I think McKissick then is a must-start in every lineup because you're getting a guy for 4,900 who is a pass-catching back against one of the worst run defenses we can remember. Uh, but, I again, these are kind of like with the cup – Woods deal, even if they both play, I can see both of them having good games. And they really do kind of split the carries between these guys. Uh, I think they're both solid plays. 
Yeah, and I, I got lost on my uh, my information there for a sec. But yeah, Detroit, 30th in rushing yards allowed, tied for last in rushing touchdowns. And like you said, they're not they're not better stopping the pass to running backs. So I mean, 470 yards is a lot. I mean, because they've played, what, eight games, yeah, for, right? For running backs. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that one. Uh, my lower tier guy, you know, he's got kind of a tough matchup because that Tampa Bay defense, despite what we saw last week, it's generally very good, but I like DJ. But are Moore. they? You know, we. I was looking at their schedule. Oh, they, they Look who they played. They smoked Green Bay. That was pretty impressive. It was, but if you look at a lot of their wins, like I started thinking about it. Like they, I'm really interested to see them play the Falcons. Like I, I'm actually now, and I don't want to, you know, put my foot in my mouth, but <laughs> I don't think my Falcons are completely dead now. They got two games left against the Bucks. They play the Saints. Uh, the defense is starting to look decent, and I'm starting to wonder. Like, I think the Saints are really flawed too. Like, I don't think either one of those teams. There, there's are not great. a team in the NFC that is not doesn't have some killer flaw. Yep, that's true. There's, there isn't one that exists. Like, New Orleans is probably the least flawed team, but if you can, you know, the, the Drew Brees struggles. They need to be in the, the dome. They need. Yeah, there's a lot. Even field, yeah, the field. So, but uh, I like DJ Moore. You know, he, he hit an awful, awful game last week. He had two receptions for 18 yards, which was another guy who's on my season-long fantasy <laughs> team and naturally had his worst week in a game I lost by two points. But this, despite that, and honestly, the week before, he landed two catches for 55 yards. So it's been a rough couple weeks for him. But this is still a guy who has 640 yards on the season. 62 targets so he's normally he's getting the targets and again against tampa bay who's generally been a good pass defense week two he had eight receptions for 120 yards and just to add to that uh robbie anderson also had nine catches for 118 yards so maybe they have a chance to you know they have a kind of a number on tampa similar to what new orleans did in in both of their matchups and i think if McCaffrey is out that's probably good for both of them I and agree that probably increases their target share oh yeah and like I said I picked Tom Brady for a reason I think they're gonna put up a lot of points on Carolina which just means a lot of pass attempts so I mean DJ Moore is a guy where I know again the last two weeks have been bad but I see him at 5100 and that that's just too big of a bargain for me to he's pass had up. like what two or three games right where he scored 20 or more points hadn't he yeah, he's had 25, 23, and 19. Yeah, three that's games. what I thought. So, I mean, he's, he's somebody who can really put up some and, points. And again, the three weeks prior to these last two bad ones, he had at least 93 yards in all three games. So I think the last two weeks are the fluke, and so I like him to bounce back this week. So the defense, um, I, I got the Eagles at 3,600. They're playing the Giants. Uh, the Eagles still consistently get a pass rush. They, they get a lot of sacks. Um, and the Giants are just, you know, I mean, if you look <laughs> at it, that they struggle, you know, moving the ball consistently and scoring touchdowns. And, you know, Danny Dimes had that 80-yard run, uh, which led to a touchdown last time they faced him. But, I mean, the Eagles got five points last time that they played them. We both, our middle tier pick is the, the team. I'm going to tell you, I'm going with them across the board uh, yeah, without a doubt this week. One. They will be in every lineup, but I did want to give you a pick. So the Eagles are mine. I also like both the Ravens and Steelers up at the top, but they're just yeah. uh, so much more expensive that middle tier. But why don't you go and tell why you picked the Ravens at 3900 for your expensive tier pick? 
I mean, one is that they're just they're five hundred dollars cheaper than the Steelers. And again, honestly, I know that the Bengals have been more prone to giving up points for defenses this year than the Patriots. But at this point in the season, I, man, I I trust Joe Burrow in that offense more than I trust the Patriots' offense. I mean, yeah, like they looked good for most of the game against the Jets, but that means absolutely nothing. I think you give the Ravens a team that's pretty one-dimensional because they really can't pass that well. I don't expect them to have any success passing against the Ravens, who one of the best secondaries in the league. I, I wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots scored like 10 points or even less in this game. So when I look at those, those two highest ones, I think I actually like that matchup more, and they're cheaper than the Steelers. But... I, I'm with you. I, I think this uh, our mid-tier, which we agreed on our middle and lower tiers. I think the mid-tier one's going to be the one that's in most of my lineups. So San Francisco's coming to New Orleans. New Orleans is only 3,000. They're coming off back-to-back games where they scored 16 points against Tampa Bay, seven against Chicago. Uh, they are a team that also is starting to get pressure. They've had one, two, three, four, five, six games with at least three sacks. Um, they've had four interceptions in the last two games. I just that the Niners are struggling. I mean, I know they're getting some <laughs> of their receivers back, but they don't really have any healthy running backs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know they're starting Nick Mullins. Um, I just I think the Saints are are kind of in that category where we were with the Giants last week, where we both really liked them. They came through the week before that. We really liked the Dolphins. They came through it. Sometimes you just have to look at, okay, it's and it's not even the best defense in the league. It's just, what does the matchup look like? The Niners, to me, are starting to look like a team that they're realizing their season is over. The Saints are starting to realize they're one of the better teams in the NFC. The Saints are at home. I I, I just could see them absolutely rolling uh, the Niners. I mean, obviously, there's a little concern after their performance last week. But again, a team that gets at least three sacks – they're playing a quarterback who's known for turning it over and is not a starter. There's not really a running back to bail the Niners out. I love the Saints this week. Yeah, I'm with you all the way. They're third in yards allowed. They're fourth in adjusted sack rate. Uh, they give up only 3.6 yards per carry. They're top 10 in DVOA against the pass and the run. It's just a really complete overall defense. And, you know, obviously... We think, you know, Shanahan's as good as it gets for a play caller, but with what he's working with, I, t- I just don't it's like it. It's like the replacements, you know, the it, movie. It, it is. So ho- hopefully Nick Mullins has a lot of heart <laughs> for San Francisco. He'll be on his back a lot if you don't watch out. Well, you know what they said, chicks dig scars, right? That's right. Keanu Reeves. Pain's so. temporary. Uh, <laughs> but, the, uh, yeah, we actually I think both... see a lot of pain. We both have the same uh, low tier pick too. Why don't you say while we uh, you're going with the Giants? No, I do. I do think one of the big reasons I'm all in on New Orleans is they're only three hundred dollars more this week. Exactly. And that, yeah. And I think there's a little more risk here just because we're seeing this Eagles team get healthier. So maybe it will finally look like the Sanders wasn't there for imagined. the first matchup, right? Yeah, and I mean Rager wasn't there. Well, that's either. right, Rager's back. You're I right. Deshaun the, the Jackson was, but, but Rager wasn't. I think Alshon Jeffrey is supposed to be back this week. I don't think so, it matters. I think what's exciting is they could have Rager 
And Fulgham has been incredible. I mean, Fulgham's another guy that we did not mention this week, but if, if you want to have him in your lineup, I, I wholeheartedly sign off on that. So, yeah, my, my advice this week is just save, save up 300, an extra 300 for your defense to take the Saints. But if you do want to save a little extra cash, uh, the Giants defense has been averaging seven points per game on draft very teams, steady right we've talked a, about this for weeks a very solid very number steady they've had only one negative week all season they've had what, three double digit weeks including i'm granted two of those were against washington so that's a caveat but you know we we've seen carson wentz has looked including the last what was that last week he was what do you have like four turnovers or something? Like Wentz is still like I mean Wentz has I been, can't figure him out. Like because he looks great for stretches, looks awful for stretches. And it, I guess that was two weeks ago because they had the bye last week. But and that was against Dallas. Like the <laughs> Dallas defense, as anyone knows, even when Dak Prescott was healthy and being awesome on offense, that defense was causing them to have a losing record. So Carson Wentz has been all over the place. Yeah, four turnovers against Dallas. He, you know, he's been getting sacked a lot. So there's definitely an opportunity. You know, I, I could see this being a game where the Giants give up 400 yards and 26 points, but they have two turnovers and four sacks, and so you're perfectly fine. So, I agree. you know, yeah, I think that's what you're always looking for on your lower tier team. You want a team that's probably not going to kill you, and the Giants outside of one week haven't done that. And there's opportunity for a big week. And again, all it takes is one defensive touchdown, mm-hmm. but you're set. And the way Carson Wentz has been playing, there's probably going to be an opportunity for that to happen. So for the lower tier, we both like the Giants. But again, New Orleans is our number one play on defense for this week. And I could be wrong, but I, w- I think the Steelers at 4,200 is fool's gold because – I just believe in Joe Burrow. I, I don't. I'm I'm shocked that that's the number one, you know, defense. I know they're really good on defense, but I mean, just look at what the Cowboys did last week with Minucci or whatever his name is. <laughs> I mean, they scored what 26 or 23 points against them. So uh, I I expect the Bengals to be able to move the ball, score some points. Uh, you know, the Ravens. I I understand. Like I I get that one, but I really do love the Saints versus the Niners. Um, before we get out of here, last week I introduced the Tinker Stinker. And for those that do not know, that is when you set your lineup and then at some point on Sunday before the games kick off, you start looking and you end up making a move that bites you in your ass. I know I had at least a few. Did you have any this week? Um, you know, I don't think I really had a Tinker Stinker, but and I know you had this problem as well. It's kind of the opposite. And it's a good reminder we had Justin Jackson in a lot of our God, lineups. It killed me. I forgot and about that. The one team that seems to suffer major injuries in warmups is the Los Angeles Chargers. So naturally, he got hurt in warmups. We did not realize this because he. They didn't, didn't freaking announce it. I was so pissed. They said it literally. I think after the first snap for the Chargers on offense, that was when but, I was aware of it. But it is a good reminder that no matter what, regardless of what their designation has been during the week. It's a good practice to check before those afternoon games start. Check your lineups just to make sure nothing has changed. It might have been on Twitter or something, right? I'm assuming maybe a reporter would have said it. It never hurts to double check for injuries. Obviously, on the other end is our tinker stinker where you make a move regardless of injuries (laughs) that you've come to regret. 
So what what was your major tinker sinker this week? Just the fact that, you know, we had all these great plays at receivers, and I originally had Judy matched up with Cooks and McLaurin in two different lineups, but Mm -hmm. it was another deal where I had like $1,200 left over in those lineups. And then I, you know, I, I took Judy out in both of them. And the next thing you know, I took McLaurin out in one and Cooks out in the other because I had so much more money. And in both of those lineups, one of them I cast, I won 25 bucks. It was a $12 entry. That's the lowest you can win in that. But I mean, I'm sitting there going, I think I ended up losing like 31 points Mm -hmm. on that one. And it was like 40 on the other. Uh, And I I just, this week, I, I literally am not opening the DraftKings lineup. I'm going to write down my picks. I'm going to do like what you said. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to go on the internet and make sure nobody is a late scratch. But outside of that, I am not touching that uh, because it just seems like every time I do it, that's why I call it a tinker stinker. It comes back to bite you. Um, you got anything you want to plug, Joe, before we get out of here? Um, uh, I, I will be recording a... Uh politics podcast with rc tomorrow so, oh great so look for that and uh i know alan did he started his politics podcast it's really I don't know good yeah i don't know if he's done a second episode yet he but did I listened, he's done two he did yeah okay i listened to the first one a week or two ago and i really liked it so and he really I, tries I, to be nonpartisan. This is totally yeah. from somebody who is not left right it, it's really good yeah. he, he's he's not you or i yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was a really that first one was a really interesting listen, and uh, he had the same uh, his same friend back for the second one, right? Correct. Yep. Right. So I, I'm looking forward to listening to that. So I would recommend that as well. All, uh, all on all on the IB podcast network. Yep, IB Sports Podcast Network, and again, it's Masters Week. Uh, I, I'm going to lose my mind if Tiger Woods somehow goes back to back. Uh, I doubt it's going to happen, but it could potentially. Obviously, the story this week, though, is all about Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, he looks like The Rock after he, you know, right before <laughs> he came in the Fast and Furious franchise where he bulked up like to just like, oh my God, he's going to try to drive some greens. I mean, he's going to literally try to do some things that no golfer has ever done at Augusta. I think he's fool's gold this week. I said it on our, our preview podcast on the backdoor cover. His putting has been really good this year and last year with the exception of one place, and it's at Augusta National. He gains over a stroke on the field at all other events except for Augusta. He's almost losing a stroke to the field every round at Augusta. Maybe he's figured it out. I don't know. It usually takes experience. I really like Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka. They're my two favorite plays this week. You can get Rory at like 11-1 to and Kepka at 18-1. to But it's really cool to see the Augusta – in November, uh, I'm yeah. very, I'm, I'm excited to see what the rating is too, because you know it's always in April, mm-hmm. and I, I think sometimes when the weather's nice, we saw it a little bit, you know, this year, you know, people aren't as inclined to, you know, sit in the house and and watch sports, and I kind of wonder whether it's starting to, like, don't get me wrong, it's really nice, obviously in Georgia, and I've heard it is in a lot <laughs> of parts of the country, but I just, I think it might see a boost actually with it being in November and that's going to be what does you know the PGA do like if they draw a huge number uh compared to what they did in April I do kind of question did they start you know maybe tinkering with their schedule and stuff so uh but Joe as always man I really enjoyed it I hope our picks are as good as they've been the last few weeks uh and obviously we will get this up on the page but for Keith Fleming and Joe Matz this has been another edition 
of the weekly Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. We will see you guys soon.